What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the amazing opportunity to hang out with Mod Sun over Zoom video. Mod Sun was born and raised in Bloomington, Minnesota, and he talks about how he got into music. He got a guitar really early on, uh, but never played it. He was fascinated by the drums, so he just played drums all day, every day. He ended up telling us about the first performance he ever did, which was at an eighth grade talent show. They did the song Adam Song from Blink-182. He has a funny story uh, about doing that song. From there, he continued to play in different bands. He lived in Long Beach for a while. He moved to Long Beach to live with his dad, and that's where he really embraced the skate punk, pop punk culture. He talked about his time in the band Four Letter Lie. They ended up getting signed to Victory Records. He was the drummer of that band. And he talks to us about how Mod Sun was formed. Really, uh, it was formed when he was drum teching for Scary Kids Scaring Kids. They ended up needing someone to fill in on drums. He wasn't in uh, the band Four Letter Lie anymore. He said, yeah, I'll play with you guys if I can open up. So he would open up as Mod Sun and then hop on the drum kit for uh, Scary Kids Scaring Kids. He told us about the moment he learned how to play guitar and uh, really embraced his singing voice. We learned about how he changed his sound from more of that hip-hop vibe to what he's doing now with his current records. He tells us about meeting Travis Barker and not only meeting Travis Barker, but jumping on Travis Barker's drums to play Adam's song to see if he's playing it correctly or if he, if he knew how to play it correctly, which is another hilarious story he talks about. We learned about how he met John Foreman working on his record, Internet Killed the Rockstar, the success of the song Karma, the tour he's currently going on with Avril Lavigne, and all about the new music he has coming out, as well as the brand new song, Rich Kids Ruin Everything. You can watch our interview with Mod Sun on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Mod Sun. How are you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Wonderful. I'm wonderful. This is my last day in town getting ready to leave for a month and a half long little journey on the road, man. I'm excited. That'll be amazing, dude. That uh, That's that's amazing. I love your new record, too. Yeah? Yeah, I know. I truly do. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. The new song? Yeah, the new song. Oh, fuck yeah. I love that. I love when people call a song a record. I do that, too, but I can never tell if they're talking about like an album or a song. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. I'd be like that, too. I'm like, yo, your new record is fire. They're like, my album came out like two years ago. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I I come from the radio world, so. I yeah, was, there I you go. I love those that. Records. I Sorry. love that. Yo, we're. <laughs> but I can get, it can get confusing, for sure. Yeah, we're playing, uh, we're playing it on this tour, and like, I, I, I like really like flex the musicality of it, and like did some special things in it. It's really fun. It's probably the most fun to play in my set. I love that song, dude. And I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. My name is Adam, by the way. Yeah, right. Thank you for having me, bro. Come on. Of course. Of course. Uh, this uh, is a podcast about you. And we'll talk about your journey in music a little bit, if that's cool. And then obviously the new record. Of course. Cool. Cool. It's a little better. 
Well, uh, well, first off, talk to me about where you were born and raised. Cool. I am from Minnesota, Midwest mm-hmm. boy from Minnesota. Um, I was born on a farm in a city called Corcoran, Minnesota. That was where I spent like the first like five years of my life. So it was literally on a farm with no neighbors. Um, you were born on the actual farm? I, well, like, no, I was born I was in the like, hospital. Well, okay, you're born in the hospital. I was like, damn. I was born like, in, a, was born in, in the a barn. <laughs> yeah, I was That's born crazy. in the barn <laughs> on a stack of hay. That would be so I cool. I didn't know. But then, I would okay. definitely probably make a whole different genre of music if I was born in a barn. <laughs> um, oh, that's incredible. Yeah, so, so spent like the first five years of my life on um farm, not so, so surrounded by like no neighbors, playing by myself super uh living in an imagination and that kind of stuck with me forever then my parents got divorced when i was six years old and we moved to a suburb called bloomington minnesota um where i spent pretty much like the majority of schooling life in Mm -hmm. that suburb and then towards the end of high school I started getting like in a lot of trouble and my mom sent me to live with my dad for a little bit my dad had moved to Long Beach California so there's a tiny bit of my upbringing that happened in Long Beach okay that was probably some pretty formative years though high school oh my god yeah and like definitely well yeah towards the end of it when I did go out to Long Beach um I mean, that was when I was at the peak of like, I'm a skateboarder and musician, you know? Okay. So like, like that was my whole life was skating and music. So at that point when I was in Long Beach, it was like heaven on earth, dude. Sure. I mean, I'm from San Diego originally. Um, I re- within the last year I moved to Nashville, but uh, that was my life too. I didn't, I don't play music. I can play guitar, but like it was skateboarding and then listening to the records and songs that were in the skateboard videos at the time. Yes, bro. I know. <laughs> like, that was a whole, that was a whole era, dude. Like, and then when like skate videos slowly started, like putting like backpack hip hop shit in the oh, videos, dude. like Jurassic five was like a huge, Oh man. Yeah. Like, what's golden was a massive song. Yeah, It was like videos. huge in that. And then, like, there was so much of, like, uh, there was so much of, like, that backpack um, rap that was in skate videos. That's what, like, really, like, opened up the door to me in into, like, rap a lot. You know? That's where, I, yeah, that's where I learned about so many artists. I mean, everything from, like, Misfits to you know, Far Side, right? I Straight mean, up. there was Straight so up. many cool. To Goldfinger. Cool. To you Goldfinger, know? right, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, we all remember we all remember listening to Superman playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like, I think every person in the world. There was another one from that record that was on a skate video. Like, it might have been like a four on one. Remember the four on one video? Like, I I reference those all the time. Such people don't know what I'm talking about, bro. Like, (laughs) like, yo, there, there's this spot. Like, you'll probably know this, but Cherry Park. You remember what Cherry Park is? Uh, if I saw it in a video, okay. I bet I would know. Cherry Park is in Long Beach, okay? okay. I, I don't think it's a thing anymore. I'm pretty sure they demolished it. But sure. like, every like most awesome four, spots. Every 411 had a section of Cherry Park. And so my whole growing up, I was looking at this place. And then all of a sudden, like, I got to skate it every day. It was so crazy, bro. That's so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, nothing to prove. I remember that was in a 411. And I'm like, who is this band? And then I yes, like, there you go. Yo, yeah. long- Long live the skate video soundtracks like change the game, dude. 
So good. Well, so you were playing music before you moved to Long Beach. Um, I did watch your documentary, which I think is so amazing, man. What a what a cool thing to have. And thank you. I uh I I I'm in like a tennis match with myself of like, especially right now. I don't know what's in the the atmosphere, but I'm in like this tennis match where I'm just like, fuck, did I like overshare? Like I I you know, I just feel it's like so important. Um you know, when you're when you're entering an area of something that causes some kind of fear, I feel like you're usually headed in the right direction. And like sharing that much of your um, life, especially, mm -hmm. you know, especially when people put it on you that like you're like you're not supposed to release a documentary about yourself until you're like fucking 90 years old or dead or something. You know, um, that's like typically been the, the world that we live in. Um, mm -hmm. So I just feel really good because the feedback that I get from that thing is like down to down to obviously like my core fan base that has seen it. You know, I think mm -hmm. they they definitely have taken something from it, but also just like my peers in the world of being an artist. I think like so many artists hit me up about that and they're like, dude, I just got just re-inspired to do this by watching that. So mm -hmm. I feel really good about it, bro. As scary as it is to like have all that information out there. Um, you know, there's a reason I did it and there's a reason I wanted to do it. So I'm just like going by that and floating by the, the, the winds of that right now, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was uh, definitely a vulnerable move for sure. But I mean, the, 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 the whole documentary is so good. I just watching it. I was like, I was able to relate to so much stuff like you, the, the, I love the part where you're skateboarding and like you just do like a 180 off this like little ledge slash ramp and like you fall. I think your sister's talking about it. Like you yeah. still skateboards in the house to this day. And I'm like, dude, that was me as a kid. Yes, yes straight <laughs> up, straight up. Like, I think that's so cool. I mean, I know, like I said, you did a fantastic job on the documentary and everything you're doing, but um, I love in the, in the video, you're talking about how you, you played this talent show. You played Adam's song, right? When you were in eighth yeah. grade, I believe. Yeah. Was that the first time you had ever played like a show in front of people? Yes. Yeah, so, so it was like, I guess it was, it was right before high school. I think I cited it wrong in that, but yeah, it was right before high school and it was, um, it was definitely when I entered high school, that was when I started playing like shows in front of people for real. So this was like when we did the, the Adam show, ta the, uh, the Adam show, the Adam song talent show performance. Uh -huh. That was like seventh grade, I think seventh or eighth grade. Okay. Um, and yeah, that would have been my first official time playing drums in front of someone. Yeah. Wow. And did you start on drums? Is that the very, very first instrument you learned? Well, I had a guitar my whole life and I am a, you know, now that I get older, I'm definitely more open to like entering the side of my brain of being able to be taught by someone in the room. But as a kid, I was super walking the path of being self-taught. And like, if I couldn't see it and, and make it out visually about how to do it, like I'm such a visual learner, if mm -hmm. I couldn't do it, it wasn't going to click for me. So like I had a guitar forever. I always was like staring at it being like, I'm going to figure you out. But you know, just watching someone do this super hard to figure out. Yeah. When you, look you don't at know drums, the notes. You can't figure out exactly. Yeah, what when you doing. look at drums, you're like, okay, you're hitting these things, you know, it's mm -hmm. so such a visual thing. Um, so 
essentially, yes, drums would be the first instrument that I like dove in on. Like I held a guitar many times in my life, but it just never clicked, you know? Mm -hmm. When did you start trying the guitar? Was that much later? Um, like truly trying to play guitar. Yeah, yeah. Like you were like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna use was, this as like an it instrument. It was to write. uh it was like 2014, 2015. Okay. Um when you know, I, I there's a really funny story. I was actually in the desert, I was in Joshua Tree creative directing um the album General Admission for Machine Gun Kelly. I was like doing creative direction for the booklet and um there was a guitar on set and this was in my super crazy days of substance abuse. We'll just call it that. Okay. Um, I picked up the guitar and wandered into the desert and I like hit this like dried up river ravine area. And I was like, well, this is like fucking desolation row right now. And for some reason, dude, like a spirit jumped inside of me and I could play guitar. And I went home and I made this whole entire project called Hotel Motel. It's me and Black Bear. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's okay. out there for, for anyone who wants to listen uh -huh. to it. This was like the start of, you know, it's, it's very funny that we bring this up. This was kind of the start of where my music has come to now. So this mm -hmm. was like the first project that I started singing on, but I produced it all um, with Black Bear. I played guitar on everything and really? I had never played guitar before. I come home and all of a sudden it's, it's clicking, you know, for some reason it's just making sense. And I made, uh, you know, all these songs of me singing over guitar. And like, I was super inspired by like shoegaze music and was just like putting down these like drum loops like and just putting these ambient chords over everything and um i started singing and that was when i really really found my singing voice that was when i started to be like you know my whole life i'm not i'm not uh, just being honest like my whole life like i was kind of pushed into the realm of being like told i can't sing i'll never forget when i was listening to like a newfound glory song with um one of my friends of like the very first band that I was in, which did, it was such a first band that we didn't even have a name. But anyways, this kid was kind of a guitar virtuoso, right? And he's sitting there and I'm singing like, I don't know, maybe it was like hit or miss or something. And mm -hmm. I'm like singing and I'm like, yo, like, and this is me not even understanding music yet. I'm like, yo, what key am I in? And he's like, bro, you're not even in a key. You can't sing. And like, I'll never forget like someone saying that to me, like you can't sing. And like, it kills it, it's like water being thrown on a flame you know mm -hmm. um so much of i mean okay so much of life is about confidence but so much of singing if not almost all of it is about confidence i mean there mm -hmm. are no keys in this right. throat right here right the fact mm -hmm. that you can get on stage and be like i'm singing an e major is pretty much a miracle it's pretty much a miracle that you can just do that because mm -hmm. there is no key here i get it you can sit down on piano play an e major chord the right. fact that you can do that with your voice is a miracle and a lot of it comes from before the note comes out of your mouth of being like i'm about to hit this note you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so that's, that's interesting yeah. to uh, just to comment on that real quick well first yeah. off it's it's wild to think i mean it's and human nature right i mean that kid or whoever said that to you like that's such a deep cut, right? That you're even remembering it now. And you're like, Ugh. and like that kid probably has no clue even said that to you. Right. I mean, that's so yeah. it's yeah. bizarre. Like how yeah. you can take these little things and you're like, 
uh, like and I have things that have been said to me like that too. And it's like, ah, well, I, I, it just blows your confidence and something maybe you thought you could do. And then you're like, Oh, well, I guess I can't, I shouldn't even try Human condition. Like you said, it's really strange how like you can carry these things with you your whole life that like people have no idea. And you know, a lot of them will be like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. Like I didn't if, even mean to do that. If I would have <laughs> known you were going to be carrying this around with you. Like, yo, I have this, I have this saying like a lot of my, my new album that I've been working on. Mm -hmm. um, when I go into a new project, I like to have, if it's not like the album name telling me it, I like to have like a phrase that is telling me what the album is about. And like this whole album has been about like trading the suitcase of trauma for a toolbox. And it's like so many people carry this like suitcase filled with trauma of all these things over the years. And you're leaving the house every day with this suitcase filled with all this trauma. And it's like, I'm trying to trade that suitcase for a toolbox and figure out have have all these tools with me of how to maneuver in this world, you know, and like that that is that is exactly like you know I mean just I'm going off on a tangent. But no, just no. Like you said like it, you know we carry around so many things that that uh that essentially you know it's kind of reverse engineering. It's like yeah, those kids if they had any idea that it would have meant that to you. Um, you know, they would have never said that. Well, then there's like the other beauty where it's like, you know, that comment kind of as much as it put out the flame it, on the other side, it lit the flame too. Sure. Now and you're going to prove like, your point. You prove them wrong. Oh my God. I mean, so much of look, man, the word revenge has been horribly misused. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, misinterpreted and thrown through the trash. Like, so I'll say I'll say redemption. Revenge kind of mm -hmm. sounds negative, whereas redemption mm -hmm. sounds a little more positive. So much of my career is about redemption and 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 proving to maybe just that kid or the the the, the band that I was in that was like you're not good enough to play drums for us. Like mm -hmm. just proving that I could make it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just having that fight and that fire in you to be like, no, I'm going to show you. I'll, yeah. You're going to tell me I can't do it? Oh, now I'm going to definitely do it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, with the voice, too, I'll, my last comment on that is just it's something that you can't change about yourself. You know what I mean? Like, if you suck the guitar, you could spend the next six months religiously trying to learn how to play and eventually you might pick it up. But if somebody's telling you, you know, you can't sing, then it's like, oh, like, ow, that's like my voice that I use all the time. Like, how yeah. do I, how do I change that about myself? You know what? That's why I like in this generation, you know, as we get, every generation gets for me every year we get further away from my personal idols. So like mm -hmm. I try to, as much as I can scream from the top of the buildings, like people like Bob Dylan, you know, mm -hmm. because that is one of the reasons why I, held any confidence throughout my life is like Bob Dylan, you know, famously was told over and over that he, he can't sing by people, you know? Right. And, and this is a guy who was like the, the times there are changing is like playing and half of he's so polarizing that half of the world is like, Oh my God, this is the greatest song ever written. And the other half is like, I can't even get to the words because I hate this person's voice. And it's like, I've always just felt this, really deep connection to that of being like, yeah, I was told that I can't sing too. Um, but I have something to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And it, and it all, 
not that he can't sing because I I love his voice. <laughs> Bob me too. Dylan, but me like, too. Some people don't, like you said, but it also comes down to like the song and the lyrics and the message that he had behind it. It all like held up to where you couldn't help but listen to what he was talking about. Hundred percent. Um, I'm curious. So you obviously play drums. You play drums in a handful of bands, and then you end up what playing with a band and telling them like you won't fill in full time with them unless you get to open up. And is that where mod sun started or like, yeah. when did, when did uh, this project kind of begin? Um, so I was in a band called four letter lie mm-hmm. and um, we were assigned to a label. We had just put out like our second record through that label and um, me and the guitar player at that time, we were doing a majority of the, music making making the music together you know me and him would get together and kind of work out the songs and uh you know there was this moment where we had gone down to visit our record label down in chicago we both like took like the um the mega bus it was those times like broke as hell and both just like took the mega bus down to chicago to like have have a talk with our label and be like really like analyze like if this is gonna go anywhere and um I'll never forget him looking over at me. And and I had, I had, you know, where Mod Son was born was really on the road with Four Letter Lie. Like okay. after the show is staying at kids' houses and me just like freestyling in front of people. And um, I had worked that muscle, you know, of just like getting in front of people and just like rapping and them being like, yo, dude, like you actually can do that. Like you're not like, Yo, here I am and here I go. I'm <laughs> right, right. about to spit a flow. Like I was like putting like forming ideas. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it was kind of born on on uh the nights of staying at kids' houses. And so there was already like an idea going on, but then um I was really like considering, you know, I had always wanted to, I always felt like I really had this something inside me to say that I I couldn't just be held accountable to say it with my hands and my feet, you know, like I really wanted to be in the front. And um, he looked over at me and he was like, yo, I think I'm going to quit. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to quit too. Like, especially if you're going to quit, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go full on on mine. He ended up playing for a day to remember. He's still in a day to remember to this day. Wow. Um, And, uh, and I went on my way to start playing mod son. And I basically was like, I'm done playing drums, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I basically was like, I'm retired from drumming. I'm going full on mod son. And then scary kids came along and they were like, yo, we need a drummer right now. Four letter lie had toured with scary kids, scaring kids. And, uh, they were just like, yo, you're an incredible drummer. We want you to play drums. And I was like, dude, there's no way I'm doing it unless I can open up the show as mod son. So that would, would begin my first tour. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Brilliant would, idea, it, by the way. Yeah, right. I was such a hustler. <laughs> always, bro. I was, I was such a, you know, like, always such a hustler. And uh, those were those would turn into my first shows, which was basically me getting on stage first every night. And I don't know, it was probably like, now, keep in mind, I had been playing drums my whole life. So my first shows as a drummer, I did a thousand shows already. Right. Playing in front of 10 people, playing mm-hmm. in front of five people, playing in front of just my mom and my sister. At this point now, my first show is Mod Son, basically. Well, my first tour is Mod Son. <clears throat> I'm playing in front of like a thousand kids and um, I'm getting like completely booed by everyone. You know, like I'm not even kidding. Like 
completely booed because I'd come out on stage and I'm like, I'll never forget. It, hilarious choice of mine, but I'd come out rapping over Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Like, <laughs> how long ago this was. So like, I'm like, this is like Dat Piff mixtape days of rap, right? Okay, yeah. And I had like put out a mixtape and I'm like coming out rapping over Party in the USA. And um, it was just like 25 minutes of people being like, fuck you. Literally like, you fucking suck. Get off stage. And I wouldn't leave. I'd be, I'd get right up in their face and, and go even wow. harder. But then the craziest thing would happen is that all of a sudden I'd get up and play drums for scary kids an hour or two later. And I'd finish that set and run from the drums to my mod sun merch table and everyone going out would be high fiving me. Yo, I fucking loved it, man. You're actually really cool. Like I really loved it. Buying merch, all this stuff because they saw me, you know, do this one thing that they hated and then go do this one thing that they loved. And they were just like, mind fucked they were like i guess i have nothing I, I can't do anything but like give you love and respect for for doing that so it was this crazy four hours every night where everyone in the room hated me and then at the end they're all high-fiving me and like that that just you know it, it always stuck with me that like it, the best advice i can ever give to artists that ask about like getting on stage or anything is like it is a boxing match every boxer wants to come out knock you out first swing every single one but if they don't if you knock them out with one second in the last round it's still a knockout and like you got to go all the way to the end you know you see so many artists get up in front of a crowd and the crowd's not feeling them and all of a sudden they deflate and they just they they die in front of you you know mm -hmm. it's like you gotta you gotta go all the way to the end because you never know when you're gonna be able to knock them out I love that. I, I love that you actually took it as like you were cool with the people. Like instead of being like, wait a minute, like I was up here, you're booing me. And now that you know that I was drumming with, with scary kids, now we're all of a sudden like <laughs> great. I friend. loved it, bro. I loved it. <laughs> and you know what? Like I'm about to go out. I'm, I'm, you know, the same thing is going to happen because like that, that feeling will never kind of die. Like as long as you're going out and being like someone who opens for other artists. Like I haven't done a tour opening up for someone in a, in a pretty long time. Like it's been probably like five, six years. I honestly can't remember the last tour um, that I was opening for someone or direct support for someone. And uh, I'm about to go play first on this Avril tour. Shout out Avril. I love you, baby. Um, and <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I have no idea what to expect. <clears throat> like, yes, are, are most of her listeners probably familiar with who I am at this point? Maybe, probably. Do they like know my music? I have no idea. I'm about to find out, you know? And, but like, there's this great thing inside me that like, I, I just know how to be an entertainer. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to going out and being in front of people that may not have any idea who the fuck I am, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I love like, you you kind of went back to more of the pop pop punk scene when you put out uh, what the the internet killer uh, internet killed the rock star that was yeah. kind of when it switched back from the hip hop right yeah and yeah with, well with yeah like yeah as a full project yeah i would say like kind of um in in maybe like 2018 i kind of started to make the switch and by dropping singles like i had a song called i remember way too much uh -huh. um that that was kind of the pinnacle like turning point into the new era yeah okay and are you 
are you playing only songs from that era forward or are you still doing some of the old songs on a headliner i'll do like a few of the older songs you know okay. um i have some classics that like i would never want to deprive my listeners of but mm -hmm. uh for the most part like looking at the graph of my career you know it's been a, it's been a steady incline with the release of the last album internet kill the rockstar it's kind of gone like this so sure. following that i'm like oh my gosh i have like this whole new um audience of listeners so yeah for for the most part it's a lot of just the newer music okay yeah i was just curious i mean i love what you're doing i even love the old stuff that you did man it's i'm i'm a, I'm a huge fan and um again with with the new sound not new sound but like what you're doing now is is so cool and i love to see this kind of resurgence of this pop punk movement happening again like with the when we were young festival and just these bands that i grew up with and seeing at like a 300 club venue that are now you know kind of getting this re resurgence it's, it's really so amazing cool. and like like i give so much love to to bands like newfound glory oh, yeah. or taking back sunday Excellent. that that never actually disbanded in the, yeah. in the last 10 years of it being kind of um, a forgotten art, you know, and now you're seeing all these these bands doing like 20 year reunion tours. Yeah, that so, did I feel this, so that, old. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that had disbanded. Right. And we're like, no one's listening to this shit anymore. We're done. And now they're like, oh, my God, they're back. And let, let's go back on tour. All love to that. But I have a special piece of my heart for the bands that were like, fuck that. Like, we know what this music holds. And we're going to keep doing this. So, like I said, Newfound Glory, especially like especially Newfound Glory, because they never changed a bit. Like uh -huh. their last four records that came out sound exactly like self-titled and Sticks and Stones and all that. It's crazy, you know? Yeah, it's 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 really cool. And it's crazy. Yeah, like I saw uh, on Instagram or something Thursday posted like Full Collapse was 21 years old. I'm like, God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget listening to that shit in high school and being like just like discovering those bands especially those like east coast bands that were were a little bit off the beaten path of like the you know i mean thursday was definitely not pop punk but like no. it was like the thrice thursday oh, sure. Cambria yeah, yeah, yeah. era and it was like getting into those bands and being like oh like I'm, I'm even like I'm even crazier now, like listening right. to Thursday and Jeff Rickley's voice is so haunting. And you're just like, ah. dude, I'll, I'll never forget those times, like sitting in science class and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm weird. You know? <laughs> right, right. Love That's that. awesome. Uh, well, so you said you have a, a whole record ready. Have you been working on like a full album? And, Obviously, and, with yo, Rich Kids by the way, everything. by the way, I have nothing to do right now, too. So we can go we can go along and whatever. Just letting you know. Um, oh, really? OK. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I didn't want to. I was trying to. Yeah. No. Dude, yeah. I, I have a, I have a hard time not speaking in fucking paragraphs when I could just say a sentence. So I go tend to go a little long, but I have nothing. No, to do no, right no, so no. Like, Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, um, yeah. That that means a lot to me because that's what I love about doing this as opposed to when I did the radio where I had to show yeah, up yeah. in like 45 yeah. seconds. Yeah, but, and they, dude, they, they don't pay they don't pay you in words over there. So you're trying to <laughs> no, no, do it as little as possible. Um, <laughs> uh, so a, a, a new a new record. Yeah, dude, I have I have a new record. And um, well, uh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but do you uh, can I back up for uh, half a second knowing that you have yeah. a little bit more time? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Um, tell me about, you know, from doing the hip hop stuff, what made you like, what was the song that kind of bridged that gap and changed the, the sound for you a bit? And 
how did that all happen? Well, here, here's what it is. It's like, I have been, I'm a very big like research and development kind of person. That mm-hmm. being said, I have a firm belief in studying all the things that came before you. So like, I love the history of music and I love the history of art. And I've been studying art for as long as I can remember, probably since before I was making music, I was into art, like painters and, and all mm-hmm. that. And um, you're, yeah, you've, you have sick art too, man. I mean, you're, you. you're, yeah, your art is amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, so like there is a statement in the world of painting that is every 10 years you recreate yourself. Um, and I took that into music with me and I kind of made a plan since I was a drummer that I was like, every 10 years, I want to recreate myself just like that. And this is how I had a plan for longevity, you know? Um, so for the first 10 years of my life, I was a drummer, you know, from age 13 to 23, pretty much I was playing in drums. I think, I think maybe like it was like 13 to 22. So I might've ended that era just a year early. Um, and then from 22 to like, start of my 30s, I was rapping. And then I knew that I wanted to change into singing for mm-hmm. the, the the next 10 years. Um, so I'd always planned that, like, okay. in, in a way of, of changing. And like, I know what I want um, after this era to be, you know, I want to go to my like real Bob Dylan inspired me with an acoustic guitar kind of kind of era. Um, but definitely my song, I remember way too much is like, where I felt loved for being able to sing and um, and definitely produce, but like singing over uh, definitely like more guitar driven. Like in 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 the the rap days of Mod Sun, I was always including a guitar because that was kind of like my way of doing something different. I always, whenever people are running this way, I tend to run that way, right? So it was mm-hmm. like. I want to make really, really positive rap music that's that's focused around the law of attraction and like the secret and manifestation, all that. And mm-hmm. I want it to sound like the roots of where I came from, which would be like derivative of guitar, some real drums here and there. Um, you know, I had a song with Travis Barker in 2015 called Never mm-hmm. Quit. That was like real guitar and drums and me like rapping over it with melody and singing in the hook. So mm-hmm. um when I did that project, Hotel Motel, that I was telling you about with Black mm-hmm. Bear, that was when I really fell in love with my singing voice. So, like, that was kind of the nudge to be like, okay, like, yeah, like, I really love, like, this makes me feel good. Like, this moves mm-hmm. me. I always try to go with my heart on things of what moves me. And then um, I remember way too much totally was the turning point into going full singing. And then uh, and then what started this this whole album would be karma like i'm you know me and john feldman we made karma and bones on the same day the first day that we ever worked together and <laughs> it crazy. was just like yeah it was just like that was the moment that i was just like okay like this is definitely where i'm moving to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, in that in your documentary that you you know you're you're filming outside of his house and you're like you know we're day what was it like day three of lockdown we're, so yeah. we're were you were recording with him when that when the world shut down and then yeah. Was that what became that that record with Karma on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Uh, I was on tour when the when the um, pandemic started, and I had to come home. I was headed to Cleveland, Ohio. I'll never forget it. I just played Chicago. I was headed to Cleveland, Ohio, 
and uh, the the news hit that everything was canceled. Go home. Um, so right when that happened, I went home. Um, were you seeing and, your shows like dwindle down at, at anything as far as tickets or people showing no, up? No, oh, not at all. Just... Not at all. Because it happened just like that. It was okay. literally like, I, I would say on the way to Chicago, we heard a rumor like, yo, everything's getting canceled. And we were like, yeah, right. And then after we played Chicago, it was like, no, it, it's done. Like go home. It was crazy. Um, wow. I went home and I had had this song stay away that I made right before, um, right before tour. Um, and it just so happened, like, stay away from me, stay away from me, and I'll stay away from you. It's like fucking in that moment when the world shut down and it was like, everyone stay away from each other. <laughs> right, right. I was like, whoa, this is fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I was like, let's drop this. Um, so I released that song and that took off. And that was, um, that was one of the reasons things started going on, on the upward, upward uh, incline. And then mm -hmm. I did a session with this band called Girlfriends, who was oh, also yeah. signed. To the, yeah, they're signing the same label as me. Um, I, I, went I in, recently I went in. interviewed the, uh, the both of them. Yeah, Nick and them. Travis. I love them. I've known, I've so known cool. Yeah, I've known Travis for like for like 15 years. Um, really? Well, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, and, you reminded me of him real quick. It's, I don't want to interrupt you, but like he told me a story about when he would he was on warp tour like selling t-shirts selling merch and yeah. i was drum i was drum tacking for scary kids that's how we met like, oh wow yeah so he would just put up a boom box and start rapping he wasn't even like on the on the warp tour he, he did was the exact like, same thing bro we did the exact yeah, same thing and, like, and use it yeah and you were doing that you're like i'm gonna open up if you want me to play drums i, I was i was think drum i was drum tacking <laughs> for scary kids so this was actually before they asked me to play drums for them they came to Minnesota on Warp Tour and they're like, what are you doing right now? And I was like, uh, nothing. I just quit my band. I'm like selling weed and rapping. They're like, yo, <laughs> come on tour with us. I had just watched Yes Man with Jim Carrey. And I was like, I'm going to say yes to everything for like a month. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll come on tour with you. And the first person that RIP, my good friend Tyson, the singer of Scary Kids, who passed away. First person on the first day that I was on Warp Tour that he introduced me to was Travis Mills. And... We became friends right there. Um, That's crazy. Fast forward, Travis Mills hits me up and he's like, yo, we're making an album. Come in and do a writing session with us because he had heard that I've been writing for some people. Um, I go in to do a writing session, which was with John Feldman. And that is how I met John Feldman. Oh, right wow. Yeah. And wow. John Feldman saw me go get behind the mic and do what I do, which is kind of just from the world of rap. Like I said, I've done my 10,000 hours of freestyling. Mm -hmm. I bring that into what I do now. And I go behind the mic and I freestyle and just sing melodies and let words come out. Um, Feldman saw me do that. And he was like, dude, I want to work with you. I 100% like I have to work with you. Um, and that's what that's what started our journey of working together was right there. So shout out Travis Mills. I've said this 100 times, but forever, man, like he was the one that really got me in the studio. John Feldman. Wow. And then yeah. John Feldman, what produced Internet Killed the Rockstar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Every Do you have all it. those songs. So you are now like, so timeline wise, were you on tour when you and you came back, and then that's what that that thing came together with girlfriends, or yeah, was that I would prior? say like I would say like I don't know, maybe like three months after after the lockdown started. Okay, so when, the lockdowns were was already in place. So this is yes. in 2020 when this yeah, was all happening. Yeah, so okay. the, the, yeah, the whole album was made in the like wear a mask era. You know everything. Got it. 
and, wow. and same same with same with the avril album like it was all made like in those times like i'll never forget like recording doing avril's album with feldman and we're all like wearing masks you know what i'm saying like it was crazy times that is crazy and then obviously that record does in immense in numbers and it does incredibly well and now you have rich kids ruin everything that it's out and it's part of a new record that you have and that yeah. was all done yep. with feldman as well yep 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 so like rich kids ruin everything was kind of it, it's kind of like a, a bridging the gap of being like all right i'm gonna release something um to like just get this going and uh and like make a, a statement record of where like music is right now and all that stuff um and yeah i've been working on this album which i'm really kind of you know it as much as i love just like pushing music out i'm really kind of like also taking my time with this one to be like uh, really wanting to take this to continue going on that uphill climb and not just kind of throw things out and and follow the momentum but keep building it mm -hmm. um so yeah i've been working on this record for like the last year now i would say like here and there and then we've done like a three-week stint and i've made like probably like 30 songs for this album and for throughout the summer i'm gonna make a few more and then decide when it drops it's either gonna be like um at some yeah I, I really don't know i'm kind of following uh, i'm following instincts of of when i feel like it's the right time you know that's cool that you can yeah. i mean obviously some people don't have that luxury right like they're no. kind of like on their gun held to their head saying you gotta get a record out or you don't or yeah. like it, it must be nice to have that kind of freedom i i, I big noise is like the label that i'm signed to they are mm -hmm my biggest supporters and they also have given me the most freedom I've ever had. Like even like more than, I mean, when I was independent, I didn't even have this much freedom for real. It was, it's really <laughs> like having someone that's like so down for making this, what we all think it can be, you know? And mm -hmm. um, what's great is that like, I have, I have a lot of songs that I really love. I mean, my favorite songs I've ever made are on this upcoming album, but I have one that I've held for a little bit. Like I, I had it, um, I've had it for a little bit and I've been holding it for the right time and it's finally going to come out soon. And this is the one that we're like, just, we just feel like it's worth betting everything on. So, um, you know, building up to that is, is kind of where my head's at and getting that one to, to land at the right moment and, you know, no one has a crystal ball of like mm -hmm. seeing the future, but um, the best thing you can do is like try to give a song like this that I've held on for a while, like it's best scenario. So yeah, mm -hmm. we're working up to that. When did you write or when was the song written? Was it something that was done Bro, years was ago? Before, yeah, it would be years ago. This was like, this was like pre pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And then you obviously held it. And you just knew there was something special about it and you yep. just didn't want to blow it at yep. some point or just put it out there or put it on yeah, the record. Just like, or... just like my last record had so many amazing moments that it was mm -hmm. like, all right, let's hold this and, and give it its right. You know, every song is like a child, you know, for an artist. So it's like mm -hmm. wanting to see them all grow up the right way. And when you finally give it to the world, you want it to be at the moment that the world needs it the most, you know? I love it. I love it. What would you say it was different on this record this time around versus the first time you worked with, with Feldman on that, the other album? 
That's a great question. Um, I would just say like where, where my life is at is kind of, I'm, I'm the kind of artist that maybe to a fault only writes about what's currently like happening in my life. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, some artists quote unquote play pretend and they're like, yeah, I'm in a great relationship, but I'm going to write this fucking record about hooking up with other people or breaking up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, it's nice because it's like, okay, you can go to a different place. Um, you can be in a different place. Um, but with this record, like I'm really in an amazing relationship. So there's a lot of like <clears throat> celebrating love in this album, which I think is great because my last album was a lot of a breakup record, you know, cause that was kind of where my head was at at that time. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, there is this one song that I've had for a while that kind of is from a different part chapter of my life. So there, there, it's a rounded record, you know, it's not just mm -hmm. about one thing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of really, really classic like love songs on this one, which I think is great. Like, I, I think that's something that the last record was missing a little bit. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love how you said earlier about having the, the trauma toolbox or tool yeah. you know suitcase and then kind of finding different tools to yeah. you know that was kind of the the premise as yeah. you said or theme of the of the record i think that's awesome yeah um i just have a couple more questions because i'm curious in the documentary you said the first time you ever met travis barker you played adam's song on the on his drum set yeah um that again this is just speaks to your personality just like such a bold move like you're like you just met him you're like i'm, I'm gonna get on not only am i gonna get on your drums and play something i'm gonna play a song that you like specifically like wrote and recorded was yeah. that like uh i mean tell me about that um it's so funny dude because like <clears throat> this was 2014 probably um and <clears throat> i'm like we have a song together so he's like come yeah. to my studio I'll record it. I'm like out in California um, just to do that. I, I didn't even live in California. <clears throat> and I'm walking through a studio and he has drum sets set up everywhere around. And I'm like, oh, that's the drum set from this video. That's the drum set from this video. That's oh, that's and cool. he's like, okay. <clears throat> he's like, God damn, you really are like a super fan, dude. Like, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> um, and I see one of his kits and I'm like, yo, that's the fucking kit. Like, blah, blah, blah. And He's like, yeah, dude, like, what do you think? And I'm like, dude, check this out. I was like, someone told me that I couldn't play this. Like, tell me, tell me if I'm playing this right. And he's like, yeah, he's like, good job. You know, he's like, <laughs> like I, I did it. I did it basically because it was one of those things about like proving, you know, like, it's almost like I was pretending the kid that told me that I couldn't play Adam's song was in the room. And I'm like, I love that. looking at the ghost of him in this corner, like, <laughs> Not only am I going to show you, but Travis Barker is going to co-sign that I'm playing it correctly. <laughs> Probably exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's so cool. And then I did read also, and I don't know if it's true because the internet's burned me before that uh, you grew up, your your dad's house was next to Bud from Sublime. It was, it was so, it was not, not, not Bud. It was, a, it was an earlier drummer oh. who maybe, maybe was playing like Timbales or something, but it was his claim to fame. And he was uh. like, he was like an unofficial member of Sublime um, and best friends with all those guys. And yeah, yeah, that's who my dad lived next door to. Okay. Um, this famous character, his name was Mark. 
he owned this company called Long Beach Chronic. He was like the first person that like introduced me to the world of fucking marijuana, pretty much. Like, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the internet is wrong. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Live next to the butt from Sublime. But it wasn't actually him. It was another guy affiliated with their crew. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Right on, man. Well, again, I love the song. Can't wait to hear this song you've been talking about. Uh, the one that you've held on to and the record, obviously. And dude, so stoked for you for this tour and that must be awesome to, you know, obviously tour with, with your lady. Yes, bro. It's like a dream. It, it's literally a dream come true. I mean, like for both of us to be on the road and like working is, um, I don't know, bro. I've never experienced something like it before. So as much as I'm like, it's amazing. Like I, I can't wait to actually experience it. And, um, you know, I'm also just really looking forward to watching her perform because I haven't, you know, I've seen her play a couple of shows, but that's like a whole different side of someone where it's like I've gone on tour since we've been together and she's been able to come out and like see me on stage. And she mm -hmm. kind of like met met me through my music. So she's kind of been there, whereas I've gotten to really know her um, through making music in the studio. But like I've never got to see her on stage, which is like a whole other side of someone, you know, like sure. I can't wait to see her like do it in her element in front of her people like it's gonna be amazing i'm really looking forward to it that's cool i never had a chance to see her live either i'm bummed the i actually did see her perform once in san diego uh she came out with taylor swift when taylor swift did the 1989 yeah. tour she yeah. came out and saying complicated and because like, she taylor swift was bringing someone out at each each show and i'm like it's San Diego. Who, is she going to pull like Jason Mraz or something, you know, like a yeah. switchfoot guy? Or, I mean, yeah. I don't know who she would bring out. And then it's Avril Lavigne who had no tie to San Diego. As far as I know, maybe she does. But no. then I was like, <laughs> that just made the, yeah, it was, it was so sick. That's so cool. But um, cool, man. Well, again, congratulations on all that. And I appreciate your time. You did answer this question earlier, but I'm going to ask it again, because why not? Uh, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, well, I would say that going going with where, where I'm at right now, um, there's this great there's this great saying that's like if you can learn how to maneuver in the valleys and you can learn how to do val do great in the valleys, then the peaks are gonna take care of themselves. And it's like everything is in the ebbs and flows, you know, and um when you're in those valleys, don't be so hard on yourself and don't give up in those valleys. You know, if there's ever a time to give up, do it at the peaks. Don't do it in the valleys because really that is the time for growth, you know, and um, certain things bloom at, at different times. So like in this generation it is very hard. It's a lot easier said than done, but just comparison will be the death of your art, you know, do not compare yourself to your neighbor. Do not compare yourself to your favorite artist. Do not compare yourself to your peers. Literally do this for the people who listen to you and allow them to enjoy what you do and allow them to take you to the next level. You can't really force yourself to the next level. You have to do this from a pure place and allow the people that love you to take you to the next level. You know, um, word of mouth is a motherfucker. It'll really work, you know? And uh, you just can't force this shit, man. You just have to do this from a pure place.